You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Anchor Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe alongside Kevo. What's up, brother? Jake Martin's still on Daddy Leave. In fact, I think he'll be on Daddy Leave for a while. That's awesome. Though. Family's doing well. It, it, there's not a better leave to be on, right? Yes. That's it, man. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. We want you to weigh in on all the hot topics in the sports world on the Stuart Shelby text slash hotline, 888-993-7762. Before we get to that, Kevo, I want in some of the headlines of today. You being our in-house uh, <laughs> chef. Okay. Uh breakfast what do you do you want something quick i want to hear what you would make up in literally three to five minutes to get in here oh wow that not uh, three to five that's probably not that kind of i give you 15 minutes what could you whip up 15 to minutes to start my day right uh i'm a french toast guy oh yeah yeah so so I, i'm definitely a french toast uh i was that's so funny i was i told my wife this morning that we've got to go overindulge in breakfast one day. But uh, French toast, um, I'm, I'm a sausage link guy. Uh, I know sometimes my wife will make French toast and then uh, roll up link sausage in it. and uh, Yeah, hmm. really, really good. I like it. I, I, I'm de- I don't biscuits do- and gravy, nothing like that? Oh, my God, yeah. That's why I go to the gym every morning yeah. at 430 because fat boy likes to eat. Yeah. Uh, that's some oatmeal this morning. It was not great. I had watermelon. Oh, that's worse. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's healthy, though. You know? <laughs> watermelon before or after the Bef- dinner? Before. We're on the way. I was eating watermelon out of a cup. I cannot stand watermelon. Really? Yes. You, know, you know how people say about ribs and crawfish? That's how kind of I feel about watermelon. It's a lot of work. Yeah. By the time you cut it all up. And it, you just, just get some water. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it is a lot of work. But if somebody else does it, I love it. Uh, plenty to discuss. We do start this morning like we do most mornings with some headlines. And let's start with some college football news and notes, all right? Let's do it. Uh, if you're into this kind of thing, let's start with the LSU quarterbacks. Uh, two interesting subjects from yesterday, uh, one being the recruitment of Joe Burrow and the other being the recruitment of uh, Ponchatoula quarterback T.J. Finley. He's a prospect in 2020. He is verbally committed to play for LSU. Ed Orgeron. Uh, gets the commitment yesterday. This kid is six foot six, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, I was looking up some of his stats from last year, sophomore year You're last year. Punch at footage too. I yeah, there. I was man. Mel Kuyper. Uh, I know, right? Uh, he was one fifteen for two twenty three, fifty two percent. That you can't. Of course, I don't think that's bad for a high school quarterback, yeah. but uh, you know, it depends on receivers and things that you know. Everybody knows that, but. Uh, he was 1,883 yards, 14 touchdowns, eight, eight interceptions. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, a little, of a, a little bit of. You know, I, I'm not comparing him to Brett Favre, but sort of watching the footage, he's very gunslinger like, takes a lot of chances, and you know. But my God, what a big human being yeah, he is! He's a big guy. I mean, six six. Two years to grow into that body. He is literally. Uh, an arm taller than I am. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know, not that tall, but you know. Hank Tierney, of course, uh, known across this state. He is Ponchatoula's uh, head coach. His quote is what kind of grabbed me. 
His arm is as good as I've seen around, and I've been doing this 40 years. His football IQ is off the charts. He's extremely intelligent, not only in the classroom, but on the football field as well. Went on to say he understands things very quickly, grasps concepts very quickly. He's a great decision maker, loves to practice. His work ethic is very good. Uh, He's only been with uh, Tierney now for uh, one year. I think he transferred in from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, in Hammond uh, following his freshman season. So there you go. LSU has found a quarterback in the year 2020. Of course, it's just a verbal commitment. So we know these things don't carry real value at this point. But uh, you know, forty somebody been around this 40 years, and to say those words, uh, that's that's a big shoes to fill. When you watch the footage, I tell you what I do see. I, see, I, I really I saw a very quick release. I mean, he could take a snap, turn, and and get the ball out of his hands. I mean, a second. It's nothing to it. Pretty accurate. Yeah, you know, on on short throw. I mean, you know, short to mid range throws were 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 fairly accurate. I, I hadn't. I didn't have time to see a lot of long balls uh, in here. But uh, I mean, again, uh, checks in as the number twelve prospect in Louisiana for next year's recruiting class. Two fifty five overall. I mean, this is the style quarterback. You know. Uh, LSU fans want mm-hmm. a big athletic pocket. Looks like what may be pro style quarterback, and he can fill up like uh, Jamarcus Russell. Okay, he can fill in. Okay, uh, <laughs> he, he had several offers since his sophomore season, including Alabama, Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, and North Carolina. But when Coach O calls, you listen, and that's what Finley did. Well, so darn he right. Committed. Yes, sir. Uh, he said when he picked up the phone, he immediately said my name and told me how excited he was to pull the trigger. On the offer, so uh, Finley says when he got the offer, he was ecstatic. He's proud because he knew it had all worked out. The bigger news, I thought this was interesting. Sports Illustrated, of course, uh, has an article, Ross Dellinger moving away from the advocate to SID. So one of his first stories being LSU quarterbacks. (laughs) And uh, he's down in, of course, uh, the SEC meetings. Uh, Ross Dellinger catches up with Coach O, and for the first time publicly, Coach O comments on the recruitment of Joe Burrow and, of course, landing him with the LSU Tigers. O's comments saying Burrow is a game changer and difference maker. Says he's tough, he's smart, and he's very accurate. Yeah, interesting thought on that. Uh, so he said those things. I read that right. Mm-hmm. But uh, then one of the biggest talking points was that he said, you know, Burroughs does is not the starting quarterback. Yeah. He does not have the starting job, although he's big. He's a game changer. He's you know, um, so you well, you've got Justin McMillan, Miles Brennan, Lowell Narcisse, uh, Joe Burroughs. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. LSU went from how we all griped and complained about quarterbacks and and their inability to move the football, whether it be coaching or scheme or quarterback or whatever it is, to a pile of capable arms over here. So this may not be – Burroughs, I do think Burroughs is a game changer, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily feel that way, but I think he's different, Aaron. Uh, Orgeron commented the fact that he w- was not guaranteed the job, even though other programs that offered the job are referenced to Cincinnati because most believe it came between Cincinnati and, of course, LSU also kind of went through uh, the recruiting process. Orgeron said he didn't want the red carpet. He wanted football. He didn't want none of that recruiting process, none of that. 
the recruiting pitch did, did consist of about 48 hours when he was in Baton Rouge. They take him out to a steakhouse. They take him to another place, but mostly they spent some time in the film room going through uh, cut-ups of what Burrow saw from LSU's offense and, of course, what Ensminger could bring to Burrow's game. Uh, you know, one thing I read I thought was funny uh, – he, Ogeron said, we had some great talks with our quarterbacks. They didn't blink. I told them not to blink. Uh, Coach O is one of those guys. Like, if you sat across from him, Aaron, and he looked at you and he went, Aaron, don't blink. I'm not blinking either. I, I'm literally scared to death of that man at times. I mean, you know, we went from less miles to kind of a rough and tough. You know, Coach O reminds me of like a barroom brawler. So, yeah, if he tells those guys not to blink and this is what it's going to be, I truly believe uh, uh, that is the case. But I, I think despite all his best, best efforts to not say it, unless there's an injury, I think Burrow starts. Uh, he went on to say uh, none of the three cu- current quarterbacks on the roster have given any indication that they plan on transferring. The other thing, uh, Orgeron talked about the number of uh, transfers and, of course, junior college guys that now on the, on the roster he says the Tigers have embraced all transfers, all junior college guys. They understand there's an opportunity, and competition makes us all better. There's no starting quarterback at LSU right now. None's been named. He's going to just jump into the race, and he's going to have the opportunity to earn it just like everybody else. Uh, if you had an opinion right now, I mean, I understand, you know, spring game just happened. It's not a bit, you ain't got a lot to go on, but just gut feeling. You would think Barring any injuries, you think it's Joe Burrow. But we'll, it's his job to lose. We'll right? see how fast, how fast he can, of course, fit into the system and get adjusted too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the others certainly have an, an edge, you would think. But as much as he says no promises were made, you got to feel like with two years of eligibility remaining, they believe Joe Burrow is the guy. Yeah, and I have to feel like Joe Burrow in his decision making got. I don't want to say a promise, but he got some sort of wink, wink, nod, nod. That yeah, could, more than likely Joe Burrows could walk, could go to Cincinnati and start immediately. I would think so. Mm. Uh, a couple other news and notes. Uh, one from college football is nice to see. Uh, Grambling's record-setting quarterback Devontae Kincaid has found a new home. He tweets out yesterday that he has joined an Arena Football League team in Maine. Didn't really work out for Devontae. We thought he would get some looks in uh, wow. the professional ranks or at least in the NFL. I know he had one workout with the Cowboys, but ultimately he goes undrafted and then was not picked up. So Kincaid will try to make a name for himself in Arena Football League. Uh, you know, I hope it works out. Uh, do you watch Arena Football? Uh, if no. it's on, will you watch it? Every once in a while. It's a, it's a different animal, isn't it? Uh, we talk about SEC conference meetings, same taking place for uh, Conference USA over in Irving, Texas. Some interesting news uh, coming out yesterday where they made it official where the basketball league is trying to beef up their schedule a little bit, and, and they want to certainly improve their RPI and make their resumes more attractive, something we have certainly talked about extensively in I college baseball. I didn't hear about this, so inform me. What's so what will happen now with this scheduling, and this is pretty uh, unique, and quite frankly – Conference USA Commissioner Judy McLeod was on with uh, Santoria Black on the sports beat literally two to three weeks ago and almost drove off the road when she told Santoria this. And I thought, this is pretty big. This is riveting news. And then now, literally two to three weeks later, the news comes out officially. Sam, the newsbreaker. With the new format, the 14 programs will play each other once and their travel partner twice in the first seven weeks of the conference season. You get that point, right? 
Okay, say that again. So that, so, that, so the schedule is set. Okay. They'll, they'll play each other once, and then their travel partner twice in the first seven weeks of the season. Okay. And then at the conclusion of the first seven weeks of the conference schedule. So seven weeks is up? Teams will then be placed in three groups based on their conference standings through the first 14 games of league action, divided into one through five, six through 10, and another 11 through 14. And then for the final three weeks of the year, uh, they'll play one another. Like one will play five, two will play four, and they'll be go back and forth. So if you're in that top five, and of course uh, your RPI is, is you know um, borderline right there, or perhaps you're on the bubble, this will certainly help your strength of schedule. Yeah, it, your RPI just increases yeah. if I mean if five beats one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. On okay. the flip side, if you're uh, that, in the basement and you're there looking you for go. some attractive games uh, at the back end of the schedule, you're in trouble. Right. So there's no chance of, of 16 beating three. Yeah. And, but this is during the regular season. I, I got and, you. of course, they'll get reseeded uh, for the postseason tournament. I think it's innovative. I like it. It is. Do you think any other conferences will take notice and follow suit? I think they'll be keeping an eye on it, see how this works out for Conference USA. That is a... So I'm not being I'm not being smart. I'm being for real here. So Conference USA sort of a I say trendsetter yeah, maybe. Maybe yes. I mean possibly they have ch- okay. And why not try this? If you're just a one bid league right, right? now, okay. why not? Think I, outside the box a little bit. I mean you're exactly right. Yes. Heard it first on the sports beat. It's That's all part awesome. of uh, some headlines in the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Payne. The starting lineup. Are you crying? Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Had to kind of rush through his headlines because we got a guest coming up in the next segment. In fact, he's on the bus, on the way to the airport, on the way to Corvallis. Northwestern State's head coach Bobby Barbare will join us in the next segment. We always love look forward to our doctor's segment. Dr. Jeff Counts will join us at 730. How about 830? We take a trip out to Phoenix. Our old buddy Cam Cox will join us. He's up and ready to roll. We'll talk a little NFL football with him later in the show. More headlines and other news and notes coming up later on. Are you ready to go, Kevin? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. I can't wait to talk to Coach. Uh, I know we talked to uh, Lane Burroughs yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, no, Pew with uh, uh, y- Yes. Yeah, we talked to him yesterday. That was, uh, I mean, how can we not be rooting? Unfortunate that them and LSU get in the, I mean, What's the odds of that? But You can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. We're back after this with Northwestern State Tech Coach. To second. To fry. 30 years in the making. Northwestern State finally has its first Southland Conference tournament crowd. Uh, Demon fans are fired up, and rightfully so. They are heading to an NCAA regional in Corvallis, Oregon. In fact, they're on their way right now. Their head coach, Bobby Barbaray, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Morning, Coach. I'm doing good, man. I appreciate y'all having me. That was I've done a few radio shows the last few days. That was the best intro we've had, that's for sure. Well, thank, so, you. Well, thank you, guys. It's all, it's all downhill after this. Uh, <laughs> coach, uh, well, you're on the... You're on the bus to the airport right now. First of all, I'm sure travel arrangements, it's been a little bit of a logistic issue over the last 24 hours trying to figure all this out. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about when you get the postseason championship play is that the NCAA kind of 
kind of at their mercy. I guess the good thing and the bad thing. They kind of set it up for you, uh, but you're also at their mercy. So they, they took care of us pretty good. We got a charter flight out of Shreveport here at 9 o'clock this morning. So uh, some of my boys, first time taking a commercial flight with earlier this year in uh, Nebraska. It's no telling. I bet not many have been in a charter, so it's, it'll be a good trip for them. All right, Coach, can you put into words what the last couple of days have been like from you, from the, the moment you win a championship to the selection show and then now kind of getting refocused on the task at hand? Yeah, it's been great. You know, we um, I've got a, a great group of players and coaches. You know, I'm just so proud for them, you know, that, that they got a chance to experience um, playing that conference tournament. And kind of like I've, I've told people before, they're proud for, for people that have come through this university and won that jersey that never got a chance to experience that. You know, we have, we've had a great tradition over the last 30 years, however many years, of, of really good baseball players and coaches run through here and, um, that didn't get a chance to experience what we experienced last Saturday. So it's, it was uh, it was really neat to be able to do that and, and now kind of get our, our ducks in a row and, and, and focus in on our opponents this weekend. And, and it's been fun doing the preparation for that, you know, and playing – playing new opponents that we, we haven't seen in a while, obviously, besides LSU. Yeah, it's pretty incredible because, I mean, there have been some spectacular uh, squads down there through the history of Northwestern State. I know this is the fourth appearance all-time for the school in a regional, you being a former star player for that school. I guess it was just a course of some bad lucks, bad breaks through the years that haven't allowed them to win a conference championship. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, when you put eight teams in a baseball tournament, you know, a lot of things can happen. You would think just by sheer luck you'd get one or two. <laughs> um, and most of the time, you know, through those years, we had one of the better teams, you know, on a tournament. But, um, you know, I, I don't I don't really know why it hadn't worked out. I'm just glad it worked out this year. You look at, of course, uh, your team, your squad, your roster, and uh, the number of kids from Louisiana uh, in the high school ranks, it comprises probably, what, uh, 60%, 70% of your team. How nice is that to do it with Louisiana kids? It's great. You know, we I really think that the high school coaches in Louisiana do a great job. You know, and they not not just getting their kids ready for baseball. You know, but getting their kids ready for, when a kid comes on a on a college campus, whether they're a baseball player or any any student, they're a little wide eyed, and you got to make some decisions for yourself now that other people have made for you. And um, you know, it's been. It's been nice to get these kids from, you know, from all over, but especially Louisiana high school coaches that, that, have, that have prepared their kids, that have made them tough, that have, that have you know, it's kind of how we want to we run our program with a bunch of tough blue-collar kids that, that when they when some adversity hits them, which it's going to do when they get to college and the ball moves a little faster, they can, they can fight through it. So those guys have done a great job preparing these kids. A kid we're very familiar with. We saw him on the football field for literally four years, then on the Diamond Ridge Heisler out at Mangum. Uh, he's had a, a strange route to landing with you guys, but he has certainly continues to develop as a pitcher. What's it been like to kind of see him kind of get back to having some pretty good stuff on the bump? It's been great. You know, he's, he's been our Friday night guy since about halfway through the season, you know, which is tough to do. It's tough to, to, to throw on Friday night. You haven't seen the other team yet in person. Maybe just a little video, but you know, Ridge, Ridge is a neat story because Ridge kept on getting better. You know, he had that arm injury from football um, coming out of high school and went to Eunice. And then, uh, I mean, we we saw him the first year, you know, and then we saw him the second year in the bullpen, and we liked him, and, and he just kept getting better. And then we started to like him a little more, and then we loved him. And obviously, now he's done he's done great things for us. So he's uh, he's continued to get better ever since that arm injury he's had. And, uh, which is testament to him and the hard work. It's not easy to come back from those things. 
And what I remember the most from him, uh, just being a fierce competitor. Yeah, he, he, he can beat his tail off. There's no doubt about that. And again, it goes back to, to he was, he was taught that, you know, I mean, he, he was taught that, that way to compete. Um, we didn't have to do anything to get that out of him once we, once he got here. All right, Coach, let's talk a little bit about this regional as you make your way to Corvallis. Uh, you look at it, and everybody sees Oregon State and LSU, and you get your first shot at the Beavers. As you start kind of breaking them down, obviously they're pretty good, only 10 losses on the year. Yeah, they're really good. You know, I mean, I, you know, I remember seeing them in their World Series run last year and just, just in awe how good of a team they had. You know, they, they play really clean baseball. They, they take care of the ball. they got really good athletes and consistent players, so they, they can take away a bunch of hits from you uh, when it comes to that. And they pitch really well. You know, I don't know who we'll see on on Friday, but the uh, you know their their top one or two guys are, are pretty special. So we're gonna have to go in there and compete hard and play well. Obviously LSU, we're pretty familiar with them. We played them a couple weeks ago. Don't know a whole lot about San Diego State. We got scout reports on them, but need to watch some more video of them to, um, to get a little better feel. If we end up playing them, so it's a good chance for our kids to compete um, in a different circumstance. You know, and that's what. One thing we talk about a lot is, is competing regardless of circumstance and that can go for all things. Um, but it's just different circumstances for our guys. And I, I think I think they'll come in ready to play. How do you get ready in terms of the, the adjustment and the pressures of playing in a regional? What do you tell your team and your players before a matchup like this against Oregon State on Friday? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of what I just said. It's um, If we really believe what we've been preaching and what we've, we've thought all year long, that we're going to we, we compete because we enjoy competing and not because of the circumstances surrounding competing, then it really shouldn't matter a whole lot. Now, will it? Probably. I mean, we're going to be on ESPNU on Friday. You know, I don't know if any of these boys have ever been on ESPNU. So uh, I'm hoping that we don't get too wide-eyed. But, I, you know, if, if I ever had, we ever had a team that, that wouldn't, it be this one. You know, this team has, has proven they can go anywhere and, and play hard. We, and A&M and LSU and Nebraska. You know, we've been to some big places to prepare us for something like this. So I've, I've got no doubt we'll come in ready to fight with them. Uh, Coach, final couple questions. Uh, we had Lane Burroughs on the show yesterday and talked about how proud he was of that program and, of course, you. What has he meant to you as a coach, and what did you learn from Lane? Lane's been great. You know, Lane's, um, he gave me a chance to come back home, you know, when I was at Alabama to come back and be a pitching coach, a guy that, I'd never done pitching before, you know, and he trusted me. And um, So he's, he's helped a bunch, and, you know, his fingerprints are still on this program, you know, of, of what, what he did. You know, we there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, and Lane and I probably don't do it the exact same way, but um, definitely learned a lot from him in my time with Coach Thunder. You guys are ecstatic, of course, to be in as the automatic bid. Uh, you look at this tournament and the selection committee overall, you playing in the Southland Conference. You know about Conference USA, Sunbelt Conference. How difficult is it for a group of five squad to try to make it in as an at-large bid? Uh, it's tough. You know, I mean, we, when I think of 2005, you know, we had an at-large um, when I played. That's the last time we made it. And it's oh. it's a lot better having an automatic qualifier you know, when you watch that selection show, I promise you. But back then, you know, you, you watch it for your life, see if you're going to keep playing or not. So, it's tough. It's it's tough for us, to, you know, in the south. But we've we've done a good job in us in the south. We only got one bid this year, but the last couple of years we've gotten two or three and uh, kept the RPI up there. You know, for whatever reason, it only worked out with one this year. But hopefully, um, 
hopefully in the future, you know, we'll, you know, car coaches do a really good job of trying to schedule well, you know, just so that we can get as many teams as we can in the, in the tournament. Coach, we appreciate the time. Safe travels up to Oregon. Uh, good luck. Give them heck up there. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Bobby Barberay, the head coach at Northwestern State. Pretty cool story there for the Demons as they win the first conference championship for that baseball program. That was an awesome call there at the beginning. Uh, I, I, I mouthed that to you right before Coach said what he said. That kind of brought chills to me, man. That was a... How could we not root for the demons? I mean, not not necessarily saying over LSU, but what a good story. Uh, the only thing, and you look at this region, and, of course, uh, they're the one, the four seed that everybody's kind of overlooking in this thing because you look at Oregon State, and you'll hear from Paul Maneri coming up later in the show. He's been crunching the numbers, and they are pretty gaudy, pretty uh, uh, eye-popping statistics that the Beavers have put up this year. Then, of course, LSU – don't sleep on San Diego State, too. You look at the fact that they got, I think, the 10th highest batting average in the country. Are they third? Yeah, they are the three seed. Three seed, yeah. So it's not going to exactly be easy for anybody to come out of this region. I took a, uh, went through Oregon State's uh, website yesterday because a lot of times when you, you go out west and you kind of look at the ballparks, they almost look a little uh, high schoolish. Right. But, uh, I mean, it wasn't a huge ballpark, but it wasn't too shabby. What was the? Do you, do you remember the? Did, I could not find how many uh, the seating, how many it holds. Okay, but well, yeah, you know, we all kind of predicted. I, I didn't necessarily think they would be I going remember, out west. I but. just remember because back in 2010 when LSU went out and uh, played UCLA, they were literally. I don't think they had a, the breast box. I think Hawthorne and them were doing the games just, a, a, you know, they had like a picnic table out there. Right. And calling the games. So. Yeah, I, I didn't think, you know, I, I didn't think LSU would be traveling. Uh, you know, do, we, we didn't know what would happen, but mm. we, we knew LSU would be in the dance. And mm. uh, it, and it's uh, playoff baseball for LSU. There's no telling what they're going to pull out of that. I'm just saying for LSU, don't sleep on that opening round matchup. You against. Did? Uh, San Diego State. Yeah, that, that they will be not ugly. be a pushover. Right, they will not be a pushover. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We certainly appreciate Coach Barbara for joining us on his way to the airport on the way to Oregon. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Dr. Jeff Counts joins us. If you have a question or a comment for the doc, hit us up at eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We're back. All right, Kevo, time to get a little smarter here on this uh, Wednesday morning. Well, I'm out. Day. I'm out. Dr. Jeff Counts joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Dr. Counts, how are you doing this morning, bud? How are you doing, Doc? I'm great, guys. How are y'all? Good. I want to talk a little uh, hamstrings. Let's start with the, uh, the hamstring everybody wanted to talk about last week, that being a Chris Paul. You know, it basically ended up uh, dooming the Rockets. Reports right. had it as a grade two. They said they tried everything possible, but it really wasn't humanly possible to get him back on the court. Should that not surprise us when you're dealing with a grade two hamstring? You know, it really doesn't. I mean, you know, hamstrings, we grade those injuries based on the severity of the injury uh, to the muscle belly itself. Um, because usually what happens in a, in a grade one or a really mild hamstring strain is, is the, the muscle fibers will get stretched uh, beyond their normal capacity, um, and that will produce the pain and inflammation and, and the reaction to the injury. The grade two is obviously a little more severe. It starts to, you actually start to tear some of the muscle fibers in two. And then, of course, a grade three, you can actually rip the muscle and have a defect in the muscle. 
Um, so a grade two is a fairly serious injury to the muscle. Um, it doesn't recover quickly. Uh, you know, that's one of those hamstring injuries that could, you know, that could put a player out for several months. Um, so, you know, it, he will be rehabbing this um, for most of the offseason, trying to get back to, to where he can get, him, get, get back into camp and, and be 100% when they start the season next year. So if it would have been maybe a grade one, there may have been a slight glimmer of hope, but more than likely he still would have missed? That's right. He, he, would have, he would have had a little bit better chance if it had been a grade one. They could have, you know, with the treatments that we do for these now, it's, you know, that, that, that it's a really aggressive, you know, treatment trying to get athletes back in season to get, you know, to get them through um, a, a strain like this. But, but, yeah, even a grade one would have put him at a pretty high risk for not playing at all anyway. Uh, other NBA news now, of course, uh, Golden State moving on, but there's a lot of concerns with uh, Andre Godella and, of course, him bumping knees in Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals. Reports have it as kind of a left lateral leg contusion, but he hasn't played since. Warriors really not saying a lot about his uh, condition. Uh, not knowing a lot about this injury, of course, Dr. Counts, uh, could we expect to see him back? You know, it, it, I saw that play, and, it, and at the time I was, you know, at full speed, it didn't seem like a, a, a really bad thing, but then they slowed, you know, the slow motion showed it a little bit more clearly as far as what happened. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, structurally they, they claim that his knee is healthy, but it's just a bad bruise. And, um, you, you know, a, a bruise to the bone can be um, obviously a lot more painful than just a bruise to the muscle. Um, and, uh, I'm assuming that's what we're talking about here with them. They're, you know, they're being real, um, quiet about this injury, but, um, I have to assume that, the, that it's a bone bruise, which, which those can take longer to get over than just getting a bruise in the thigh or, you know, a, a bruise somewhere else, you know, on your body. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with it being in the knee, the weight bearing surface of the knee, it, it could take him a little bit longer to get over as far as being able to, you know, run up and down a, a hard basketball court and, and jump like he has to do in a, in a game. So, um, you know, I would hope that, that we would see him in the finals, but, but you know, that's one of those injuries that you just never know and, and until the athlete gets on the court and you try to see what they can do. I saw a statistic where they said during the summer months, uh, basically injuries to us weekend warriors increases by about 25% as more of us try to get out there and do different things. I guess aches and pains are pretty normal, but uh, when is it time really for somebody to come see you guys? You know, that's one of those questions that we get all the time. They we hear from parents or, or, you know, guys on the weekend, like you said, that they'll get an injury and they'll say, well, I would would have come sooner if I'd known, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, obviously the things that we look for um, when you have an injury, you know, is number one, you know, what kind of a swelling reaction do you get? Do you get any bruising that, that shows to the surface of the skin? Uh, things like that, it, you know, is, is it so painful that you can't bear weight on it? Um, you know, if it's an arm injury or a shoulder injury, are you able to use it? And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's expected sometimes for the day of the injury to have those kinds of symptoms. But if those linger for more than 24 to 48 hours, 
then that's when we would say, you know, it's probably time to get something checked out and get it looked at. Do you see that, the, the 25%, is that typical of your guys' business that you see more weekend warriors during the summer? You know, we really do. It's, um, it, it, it does seem to tick up a little bit during the, during the spring when the weather gets better and in the summer months. Um, but, you know, with the, with the advent of things like CrossFit and yeah. uh, the boot camps that are, that are out and, about and around, um, you know, we, we see, you know, uh, the weekend warrior, so to speak, um, pretty regularly. I mean, it's a it's 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 a much more uh, common thing now with with those kinds of exercise programs out there. When people are trying to do, I think a little bit more sometimes than they are capable of doing, um, and you know something happens and they get injured. So, and I'm not saying that CrossFit's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's where we tend to see those kinds of um, those kinds of injuries occur. Dr. Counts, if we do need your assistance or your colleagues, where can we find you guys? Um, obviously, our main number is 323-8451. Um, you can get us any of the in any of our locations, Monroe, West Monroe, or Ruston. Um, obviously, online as well. Um, we have a, a nice new website up that's much more user-friendly. You can do all your pre-visit paperwork there. Um, so, And then, of course, our after-hours clinics. Uh, Monday through Thursday and on Saturday. Good stuff. Toughest question: You rooting for LeBron or are you taking the Warriors? Uh, I still have to take the Warriors. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge LeBron fan. Never have been. So uh, I'm going to be rooting against him and for the Warriors. Oh, nice. So you take Michael Jordan over LeBron every day of the week. Every day of the week. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor <laughs> Counts. Appreciate the time. All bro. right. Yes, Good sir. Doctor Counts. Join us on the morning drive. Yeah, uh, I've been to the orthopedic quite a bit. Aaron, have you ever had any surgeries? Uh, no. I had a broken collarbone once. Speaking oh, of hamstrings, a couple of years ago, though, I did pull both of my hamstrings, and it was. Uh, Is that painful? Uh, it was horrible. It was a, a match race. I got challenged uh, against a, a gentleman to run a 40. Uh, yes, and uh, so you were raising yeah, we raising were, the bar to the challenge. Yes, and uh, I, I pulled both of them, and both thought I just pulled up lame because they thought I was losing, but no, that was not the case. Oh, okay, so it did happen mid sprint. Yes, mid-sprint. which makes it or mid run. Yeah, sure. and I went down, which does make it look worse on you because it's like, oh, he's just. Yeah. And then of course the next day when they saw the extent of the injuries and, and the They're bruising, like, oh. they, they were like, yeah, he, he had a serious injury there. Years ago, as a as a young guy, being in construction. Uh, I was a you know crane operator, uh, but before that, you know, we did rigging, a lot of pile driving, physical labor. Uh, you know, when I would hear people talk about my back hurts, I would in my mind think they're just lazy; they don't want to work. I would always think that hmm. until I started having back problems, yeah. and that is one of the worst pains. And and you know, we're talking now three back surgeries later, hmm. and my last one was a fusion. I mean, I've got. Rods, screws, cages, you know, uh, it's just, uh, uh, it's not fun And now at all. you're back to at least 85, 90%? I, I would honestly, prop close to 100. I'm a year, I'm a little over a year out. And Take I mean, a deadlift right now? Go, abso- play, thir- a- abso- go play 36 holes? I, I, well, I don't know about 36. I could play 18 easy. I can't play it good. Uh, but no, absolutely. I mean, I'm at the gym, you know, five, four or five days a week at 4.30 and, I deadlift and run and do. And, you I mean, really it's, deadlift? Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. More power yeah. to you. 
Yeah, just trying to stay healthy. I'm getting old, and my wife's beautiful. So if I want to keep her, that's right. I need to. I need to stay looking good as possible. Amen. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Let's take a timeout. We continue to ask tomorrow's top ten Thursday. We need a couple yeah. of ideas. Does anybody have any ideas on what we should rank tomorrow? I yeah. had a, uh, I thought about maybe favorite NBA players of all time. Kind of going with the NBA Finals getting tipped off. Favorite NBA players of all time? Yeah. I like Okay. Or perhaps uh, go hard knocks kind of version. If, if at college, if you wanted to, they did a little series or documentary on them. Who would you want to see behind the scenes? Any college sport? Yeah. I like that. Right. I like that a lot. See, well, whatever you think, man. You tell me. I'm, I'm down. Uh, Mary says, just for the record, his golf wasn't good before surgery. Uh, okay. See. There you go. Piling on. That's kind of cold, isn't yeah. it? At least she texts in. My Thanks. wife won't do that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, sweetie. The Morning Drive is back after this. With any counselor, you just have to find someone that you connect with. I think talking to this actually helped me be able to talk to my wife better. Um, things that you're, you, you don't think that you should tell anybody, and then you can start breaking down some of them things to your spouse a little bit easier. Family Counseling Center in Ruston. Comprehensive, caring counseling for our community. He understood what was going on with me. Um, He assured me that, you know, it's going to be all right, and I trusted that. Call Family Counseling Center 255-5753. And the more I've looked back, the more I can see how helpful the counseling's been, not just for the PTSD, but like I said, throughout my whole life. I think it has consistently gotten better since I've been home. Call for a confidential appointment, 255-5753. Family Counseling Center, a ministry of Louisiana United Methodist Children and Family Services in partnership with the Lincoln Health Foundation. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Kevo, I'm sure this has never happened to you where you, you, you think of this idea and you throw it out there and like, oh, yeah, and then it takes, catches on fire. Then you're like, oh, I need to kind of go back on that. It's like probably if you had like a Taco Tuesday, we'll give away uh, 25 cent tacos. And then the right. next thing you know. Like, oh, I don't have the money or the yeah, revenue yeah. or I'm going to lose. lose money on this deal. Yeah. No, I. I don't know, way back years ago, maybe. But nothing like your big fixing to talk about. So, Brown safety Demarius Randall, he may have to dig into his wallet. So, he puts out there on Twitter, 
If the Cleveland Cavaliers win the 2018 NBA Finals, I'll buy everyone who retweets this a jersey. So you're thinking, oh, not a bad idea. He's probably trying to get his name out there. And of yeah. course, the problem was uh, the number of uh, people that have now retweeted it. Uh, there are roughly uh, 72,000 of early Wednesday morning that retweeted. The number rose to over 600,000, and an average cost of what $99 for at the NFL shop for a jersey. Uh, he would be down literally $60 million in jerseys if he had to fulfill his obligation. Okay, so is it, just to be clear, is he going to buy everyone a his jersey or uh, a LeBron jersey? Uh, I think, no, a Cleveland Browns jersey. Oh, a Cleveland Browns <laughs> jersey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, I'm staring at you in disbelief. I, I heard about this. It would have been smart if it would have been a Demarius Randall jersey. Now, that right, yeah, he could have made a got a deal on him, yeah. you know, or, or something. And he could probably get a deal on a Cleveland's Browns jersey. But I've got a buddy of mine who three hours before the draft, I kid you not, three hours before the draft, I pick him up at his house, we head to the field house, and he goes, man, right now I'm going to tell you, I'm all in on Cleveland. I'm a Cleveland fan. I'm getting on. I'm So, so nobody can say to me later, I jumped on the bandwagon or anything else because I'm telling you, this team's uh, only up and up. So he probably retweeted this. Yeah. There, there are people that are very excited about this. But I feel like, as much as I love LeBron, he's pretty safe. <laughs> I mean, I understand that there could be an injury or, or something of that nature. But I, I, I just, unless something like that, I, I can't see a way that the Cavs pull this off. Hmm. I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than. I, and you do, and I'm, tr- and I literally mentioned that yesterday. I'm like, I'm trying to get in Aaron's mindset. Well, you're going to give me LeBron in 12 points in Game One. See, I mean that's a lot. Uh, I now, believe Le- I could give you 12 points in Le- Game One, and LeBron's going to come out and have his normal. You know, he'll raise it up a notch. It's the NBA Finals. It's 38 instead of, instead of scoring. Yeah, it's 38, 41 points. I, I, he'll put up 46, 47. I'm not saying I agree or disagree or anything else, but it's so funny. I read something yesterday, and some people may have read this now. I don't know, but it, but it said, you know, it said, hey, before all you start judging LeBron, I'm just I'm not. We're not comparing him to nobody. Just strictly judging him as a player. Said, stop and think that Durant and Curry getting together are like a modern day Magic Johnson and Larry Bird getting together to beat Jordan. Mm. So just chill out before you start judging LeBron and saying he's a has been or he's, uh, you know, a no, a loser because he loses his finals. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, hmm, that, that's a good take on things. But I don't think there's any way they win. Uh, one fan uh, did call, call out uh, Demarius Randall and said there is zero chance that he delivers. And then uh, Randall responded on Twitter said 100% chance. So he's not backing down. Uh, I think he made, uh, I think it's $10 million a year. It was his contract for this year. Oh, he's in trouble. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if they do somehow pull this out, It'll be those T-shirts. It won't be a real jersey. Man, you, you did it. Who was it that said uh, if – I can't remember what it was, but I think it was if the Cavs – if the Cavs beat the Pacers or do – I don't know, that he was going to – the the radio host was going to eat dog poop. Yeah. Did you see that? I did not want to see it. I hope he did not. No, he uh, – uh, well, I heard somebody shared it with me the other day that he stayed true to his uh, – 
to his deal and did it. Hey, we just got a text message from, uh, I think it was Shane. Mm-hmm. He said, did y'all, uh, did y'all see the ESPN had the Saints defense for this coming up year dead last in their power ranking? Hmm. I'm not. Maybe, I'm, maybe uh, ESPN uh, was caught in a, you know, maybe the thing was like two years ago. Well, things they're reporting here lately and doing here lately aren't, but we're not getting into that. But I'm with uh, Shane. I, I I totally disagree with that ranking. Mm. That's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. I mean, they were, hell, they were, no, I, that, that, I, I don't buy that. Two other uh, news and notes, and they are basketball-related. Uh, Tremont Waters does announce that he is actually coming back to LSU. Not exactly a big shocker, but, of course, good news for LSU. He made his name available, did not hire an agent. Uh, after exploring the different options and, of course, getting evaluated, he decides it's in his best interest to return to Tigertown. Of course, coming off a sensational freshman season where he averaged 16 points and six assists per game. The other big story uh, nationally is what's going on with the Philadelphia 76ers president of basketball operations, Brian Colangelo, now under uh, investigation. I don't even know if that's right, but he's under heat a little bit for perhaps having fake Twitter accounts. And you'd say, why would that matter? Yeah. Well, supposedly using these uh, fake Twitter accounts to bash his own franchise. Uh this is a crazy story. That's strange yeah. to me. I, I don't know. You know, you, I, I don't buy. I, I just here's what I picture. I picture him finally releasing a statement, going, "Well, I was doing this to motivate the team, or I was, you know." Uh, uh, oh, he's. It's almost it. kind of creepy. Oh, he's denying it big time. You know, it, it, if he, and so immediately now knowing what I know, when I see his picture, I do. I automatically see, kind of creepiness in him you know i don't know why so the ringer starts doing an investigation into this they they were tipped off and they had the five twitter handles that they started looking into to calangelo and uh then of course when they bring it to the attention of the philadelphia 76ers immediately the following day two or three of those go black or they go private so it raises some uh, alarms right there and of course has raised some red flags Colangelo then ants, uh, issues a statement denying his involvement with uh, four of those Twitter accounts. Uh, read between the lines here, Kevo. Like many of my colleagues in sports, I've used social media as a means to keep up with the news. While I've never posted anything whatsoever on social media, I have used this one account, Philadelphia, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Twitter account referenced in this story to monitor our industry and other current events. This storyline is disturbing to me on many levels as I'm not familiar with any of the other accounts that have been brought to my attention, nor do I know who's behind them or what their motives may be in using them. Hmm. I I just, uh, I I read one particular tweet where Keith uh, Pompey, you know, commented Jalil Okafor on the past couple of days. He was quoting him. This has been a weird situation to which, uh, what we think now is Brian Colangelo, one of his phantom accounts or right. whatever, asked Ja if he passed other team physical. He will not say not to lose other chance, but I bet the farm it's what happened to I me. Mean, so he's revealing yeah. pretty detrimental medical information about his own players. Mm. Once That's again, social strange. media getting people in trouble. Very, very strange. And why I, even go there? You know, 
it's so funny because we were talking about something about that earlier before the show. But we, we got the discussion yesterday about, you know, like Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I, and not just Jordan, a lot of players. You know, there are players that we all, me included, I think Larry Bird's one of the toughest human beings to ever grace the basketball court. Mm-hmm. He's just as bad as bad can get. And, you know, chances are if they had social media accounts back then, we wouldn't like half of them. <laughs> they, were, they would probably all be – we would be just like we are today, really critical of people. That, I think I would like Bill Lambeer's. Oh, oh yeah, Lambeer and yeah. Lambert. I mean, it yeah. was a tougher. Break my horn, but you, when horn. you think about that, yeah. I mean, it just. Fox and I were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. If all of these people had social media, we would hate them probably. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. All right, you want to play a game, Kevin? What Let's do it, brother. Yeah. Okay, so Fox and I every now and then, uh, and I thought it'd be fun to do this with you. Uh, we do what we call "Would You Rather." Right. So I'm going to ask you five "Would You Rather" questions. And you gave me a warm-up one yesterday. I did give you a warm-up, just to see what you would say. So I said, if you had to be locked in a room uh, with one of the following, would you rather be locked in a room with Jim Rome or Stephen A. Smith? I think it would probably be Jim Rome because I think it's a little bit more of a shtick with him, and I think Stephen A. is just that big of a jerk. Yeah, I, I just can't. Stephen A. just gets on every nerve that I have. And, and you and I may do that with some people. and yeah. That's fine. I mean, you know. But a lot of people agree with us yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I've Not got that I'd want to be stuck in a room with Jim Rome either. Uh, I told you earlier, I said I may just quit sports talk altogether <laughs> and just move on to sewing or knitting or some sort of, I don't know, I'd do something else. All right, on a scale know. of one to five, how tough was that one? Uh... That was an easy one? That yeah, soft, I think that was pretty. That was uh, I don't know. It's, it's a th- mid-range. Okay. Mid-range. All right. So I went back and looked at ones I had, and I was like, these are five really good ones, so here we go. Would you rather, mm-hmm. uh, if you could have one starter for your all-time baseball team, would you rather have Greg Maddox or Randy Johnson? Oh, I love Greg Maddox. I he's do, Because he's just too. the common guy. Surgeon. Except that his arm and, of course, his yeah. intelligence. Yeah, but, he, you know, <laughs> fastball. That, he just yeah, that's you, it. Yeah. He just me and you out yeah, on that's the ball. Yeah, that's it. 86-mile-an-hour fastball, yeah. but you just, just kill people with yes. it. Placement. Yeah. That's who you're going with? Oh, yeah. I, 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 Greg okay, Maddox, I would answer the same way. Plus, he's a really good golfer. And oh, I, is I, he? I don't know if Randy Johnson is or not either. So if they're going to be – if you're having a foursome or you're scramble – you know you can count on Greg Maddox on the bump and then later on to play gotcha. 18 holes. Got okay. okay. But yeah, I wouldn't mind having Randy Johnson, though, too. Yeah, I mean, That's he's, he's no slouch. I mean, yeah. uh, one, the, best, the best thing, though, with the yeah. Greg Maddox, and you saw, I guess it was uh, Red Bull did that thing. Where yes, in, I saw that. Where they were in Vegas, and, of course, they, they put the makeup on, and they make Greg Maddox look like a, an older guy, and I think they were posing him off as a, what, a, a field maintenance guy. Right. And then he, he starts throwing batting practice. Yeah, people are like, what the? Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. At the end of the day, there were a handful of people that did not vote for Maddox in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I want to meet those morons. Mm. I mean, what's, why do, why not, why? Mm. Why would you not? I don't get that. Tabor, right. that's a no-brainer for you, right? You would also agree uh, Greg Maddox over Andy Johnson? Yes, give me Maddox. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm Maddox all the way, too. Uh, so, that was an easy one. Yeah. All right. So one one running back for your all football team, Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith. Ooh, I thought you were going to go Walter Payton in there too. Uh, I, just, I just went. Ooh, yeah. ooh. 
Do you need three or four yards, or are you looking for the, what know, the 10 to 11 yards? The guy you're going to give the football to to start the game. And how many times, times <laughs> did we have this conversation during their generation? I know it. When it was Emmitt Smith or Barry Sanders. And I always went Barry Sanders. Always went Barry Sanders. Just okay. because just, he was so much fun. To yeah, he, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so which, I think we got robbed. with. Uh, we not, did because of Scott Mitchell. Yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, no, we did. But how, he many, just gave how, it many, up. how many Detroit games did we sit through that we would not have if it wasn't for Barry Just Sanders? because he was going to get the football. Yeah. Absolutely we did. That's what made Barry Sanders so special. Mm. He I made Detroit football relevant. I had an opportunity to meet Barry Sanders. He was over uh, – Willie Rope was doing an event over in Shreveport, mm-hmm. and Sanders was, was there. And he was pretty much what you would anticipate from him. Very humble, very uh, low-key. Mm-hmm. Great guy, though. Once you started talking to him, it was great. And yeah. you just look at him and then – we knew how he wasn't the biggest I guy in the world. Can't imagine. And he still looked like he could have gone out and at least broke a 16, 17-yard run. All right. Before I get to the next question, I heard somebody say one time, I didn't say it, but somebody said, you know, Barry Sanders was always a better runner, and Emmitt Smith was always a better running back. I, I, I was like, okay, I, I guess, I, you know, I don't know what, but I said, okay, I get where you're going. And then, you know, that. the argument back then was, I mean, could you put up with the three, four-yard, six-yard losses for right. Barry Sanders? right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was, and we always look back at you look at what Emmett Smith had blocking in front of him, and yeah. then you compare that to that sorry Lions offensive line, and you're like, well, and you had Aikman throwing the ball yeah. that opens up that yeah. run a lot. Yeah. 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 So, would you rather throw out the first pitch of a Game Seven World Series, or flip the coin of the start of the Super Bowl? I think it's flip the coin. Flip the coin. I think there'd be too much pressure on, on that first, first pitch. pitch. That's what would make it fun, though. I mean, if you could do it, if you could just get it across the plate without hopping it or doing I mean. And how often does somebody screw up the, the coin flip? We saw it, I guess, in this well, last uh, national well, championship game. Once every you know, 10 years or so, yeah. you know. But it, it is. that. But you know, I, I get your, what you're saying, though. The pressure, yeah, I get that. That first pitch. If you that, bounce yeah. it or hold it too long and throw it across the first base, uh, you're forever etched. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock hour in the books. We got a couple of other ones coming up in the yeah. eight o'clock hour. We'll certainly get to. We'll talk some NFL at the bottom of the hour with our buddy uh, Cam Cox. Plenty coming up in the eight o'clock hour. You're welcome to join us at eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN nine seven seven dot com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.